welcome to Grapple Sauce. I'm Dave, and with me tonight, Chad and Chandler. Hey, oh. Hello. All right, good to have you two tonight. Uh, yeah, we're going to review the AEW Dynamite for November 1st. Uh, we are in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I believe the home of Jim Cornette. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was begging uh, him to be on AEW this week on Twitter. Like he kept tweeting him and tweeting him. And I think, I can't remember exactly what Jim Cornette said. He didn't say something nice, but he basically just said, no, I'm, I'm not yeah, allowed yeah. AEW. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty rude thing about uh, at contributing to ticket sales. Uh, yeah, the the buy one get one free oh. deal. Yeah, so no cornet. I love it. They're gonna get him one day. I mean, Ric Flair's on a multi-year deal. They can do anything. And the uh, the woo energy drink, the <laughs> official drink, energy drink of AEW. Do we even want to talk about it? Because I'm I'm not very happy about that. At all, he's so uh, having one more match. His last match is so in AEW, like a hundred percent. We're gonna see he's somebody turning. die in the ring. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's turning on Sting, and they will both retire together. One more revolution. Feud. One more feud that we don't want. <laughs> Tony Khan wants it. Uh, he wants WCW too, and he's made it. He finally has it. He just needs Goldberg. In time. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple things we're uh, looking for answers to tonight on Dynamite is uh, what is Tony Khan's big announcement? And who will be MJF's mystery partner? Or three mystery partners, that is, for the uh, Bullet Club Gold match. Uh, looks like uh, we started off with a really well done recap uh, video package, uh, kind of highlighting uh, Kenny Omega and MJF having their match. And yeah, really well made. Uh, what did you think, Chad, of that uh, video package? Uh, I thought the video package was good. Um, I actually kind of hope they start more shows like that. It's uh, kind of a nice way to get into it and sort of uh, get ready for the show and see what's um, what what the show is going to bring for the night. Uh, what do you guys think? Thought it was well made. Kind of just agree. I mean, it's I'm a sucker for hype, so these hype packages always get me excited for the show. It's a great way to recap what we did last week or last episode. So. All for it. Didn't they also do uh, OC and Claudio one, too? Yeah, I really like them, too. They're like, you know, with any big movie, we want a trailer. And not only do we get a trailer for upcoming matches, we get kind of a recap of what happened already. So win, win, win. Uh, yeah, really liked it. I will say one thing, though, just in hindsight. It's a shame that that one specific MJF Kenny Omega hype package had nothing to do with the show because that was all collision. And now that we're back in AEW, 
Kenny Omega is tag teaming again. MJF is with the BCG again. So kind of just back to where we were. But like you said, good good hype package. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, we get Renee Paquette with MJF backstage. Uh, yes, yeah, she wants to know who he will be teaming with uh, tonight for the eight-man tag. Uh, we've got Adam Cole on a video chat with a amazing beard. Uh, he apparently uh, had been growing that for a little bit. MJF uh, leaves after telling Adam Cole uh, <clears throat> he's got a lot to consider. Adam Cole wants him to consider Samoa Joe as an opponent. Then we have uh, Roderick Strong coming out, uh, telling Adam Cole that uh, it's obvious MJF is the devil behind the mask. Adam Cole hangs up the video chat, and uh, yeah, we get the devil on the screen. Uh, another cutout. Um, I kind of feel like we're kind of playing that out a little bit at this point. Uh, I'm intrigued, but I think we need another uh, jumping of someone with the entire group, which uh, now that I say that, I bet we're going to get it on collision. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Chandler, about the uh, the whole devil situation? I mean, it, it's got to be something Adam Cole related, even if it's not Adam Cole under the mask, because... I've just been watching these segments recently and uh, every time that the devil shows up, it's right after MJF has a call with Adam Cole. Like last week it was right after he called him over the phone. This week it was after the video chat. Uh, Adam Cole immediately hung up, not after he saw Roddy. So it's not just Roddy. It's a, when Roddy brought up the devil. And I mean, I've been in the, been in the dirt sheets, been reading. Um, a lot of people are kind of guessing Adam Cole, obviously, because that would make sense. Or, like, Britt Baker as a proxy for Adam Cole. Like, that's out there. I get it. But, I mean, I I just subscribe to this has something to do with Adam Cole. Is it Adam Cole? I don't think so, because the man is genuinely injured. But who knows? Maybe this is like a, like a higher power situation that WWF had back in the days where there's all these intriguing plots and stories about who it could be and what. And then it's just Adam Cole or it's just MJF and they were ribbing us the whole time. So kind of agreeing with you, Dave, it's losing a little bit of steam, but I mean, I, someone's under the mask. I'd like to know who's under the mask. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd like to see, definitely see some progression in it. It's starting to feel same, same all the time. Um, my, my latest reckless speculation on the whole thing is uh, Sean Spears Maybe the rest of the pinnacle. That's kind of my favorite one. I'm uh, headcanon right now. Seems like a, it's a lot um, of uh, MJF's demons coming back to haunt him. So that's a pretty good guess. Um, we've got a new uh, new theory uh, to bring the to the table. Uh, Jungle Boy. Ooh, I have been hearing that too. Because didn't he uh, say he was going for gold right when he turned heel and? was kind of spurred on by the MJF fatal four-way. So now you could kind of flip it where MJF is this great baby face and Jungle Boy has a problem with that. That could be interesting. 
Yeah, just just yeah. as long as they give Jungle Boy some new music, that Beethoven stuff was weird and not for me. I liked it. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about so, that. I'm thinking about the oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he got rid of that, and they uh, gave back. him Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, I like the Beethoven. It really like uh, made you not like him. If that makes sense. <laughs> like Don Callis' uh, theme. It's not a fun poppy one. It's just a brown no. <laughs> my favorite theme note. in wrestling right now is Don Callis's. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. You get the brown note and everyone in the building booing. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you time. need. That's his theme song. <laughs> That's all you need. It's like Judas when uh, they sing it with him. Yep. It's the anti Judas. He's going after Jericho right now. <laughs> yep. Uh then we have a pretty cool match. Uh violent uh uh revenge revengeful match with uh Orange Cassidy versus Claudio Castagnoli for the international title. Uh We've got Claudio trying to get revenge for Brian Danielson getting a broken orbital bone. Uh, yeah, what did you two uh, think about that match? Um, I thought it was great. Um, for me, match of the night, easily. Uh, I loved Claudio's uh, Be Violent t-shirt on the way out with the cartoon on it. That was pretty cool um let's see here taking a quick peek at my notes uh the reversal from the ddt into the swing giant swing was friggin' dope i've never seen him get into that move like that before uh and uh the, the look on uh cassidy's face when he was in that sleeper <laughs> uh their their production was perfect they got a good close-up i uh, loved it and the other note i was talking to chandler a bit about this Claudio trying for the Rainmaker. Do you think that was inspired? A little uh, message to Okada. He's going after him, so it'll it'll happen. I'm hyped for that. But uh, I I thought this match was a lot of a lot of fun. It's pretty good. Uh, I got the note of like just kind of who Orange Cassidy is. He's not taking anyone in the BCC seriously, just because again that's who he is. And so Claudio just kind of felt like he was going to punish him for that. Like I'm going to punish you for who you are. So anytime oh. Orange Cassidy's laziness flare up. Claudio would just get pissed and start battering him. Like, I loved it. Um, it's just crazy watching this Claudio and like really appreciating him. There was a, a like he did slammed Orange Cassidy down for a backbreaker, flipped him around and gave him a rib breaker. And it's just things like that where it's like you make it look so easy. I'm sure if I did that with like a pillow, I'd get winded. So it. These people are insane. Um, I think it was when you were talking about when he was in the sleeper. Orange still managed to do the pockets, so he's still one of the best wrestlers they got. Um, and I really liked the finish, Dave. How did it finish? A couple cool things that I liked. The uh, big delayed superplex uh, on Orange into the uh, middle of the ring. Uh, like Chad mentioned, the... Uh, 
reversing the swinging DDT into the giant swing. That really uh, looked looked great. Uh, he got that giant swing into a scorpion block. Uh, Claudio gets a uh, good cross face locked into Orange Cassidy. Uh, really brutal elevated uppercut. Uh, we get a two count for that. Uh, so we get a uh, giant swing sleeper combination with uh, Orange Cassidy and the uh, sleeper. Uh, we got a orange punch and a beach break to Claudio. Uh, Claudio did the smart thing and rolled out of the ring. Uh, he ended up getting an eight count on that. Uh, finally got back in the ring for that eight count. Uh, we got Orange Cassidy click, uh, kicking Claudio. Uh, Orange Cassidy goes for another orange punch, but <laughs> hits a Hurricane Rana instead of the orange punch mid-move. Uh, and went for the pin, doesn't... Uh, or actually gets the pin uh, from that Hurricane, hurricane Rana. Uh, what what a finish. Like, uh, what a fake out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. kind of cool. Oh, man. I uh, I love how um, during um, OC's first, first reign and now this, how he just finds a way to win. Uh, it's never the same twice, and he always just kind of ekes one out. It's been... Uh, pretty interesting uh what do you think chandler oh i mean i was just gonna say i really liked how it was exactly how claudio pinned cassidy in the tag match and oh here he is again and he countered it um wrestle dream wasn't for nothing because they're not going to mention the young bucks having a tag title shot but hook and orange cassidy are still friends so i'll take that that's one little nugget i'll take from this so other than that um great start to the show i honestly thought this would end the show so i was really shocked when they were starting with it but yeah um and then i i can't call it a return but big match it's coming at full gear with who came out who came out dave i can't remember uh good old john moxley uh yeah the music hit uh john moxley brutalizes orange cassidy uh, Claudio actually pulled Moxley off of Orange Cassidy. Did you guys catch that? He kind of like looked a little uh, like, hmm. Like, I think he had a little respect for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Or beating him in that match. Yeah. Or I'm thinking maybe he was like, hey, I need to save you from yourself, John. You're going a little too far. Yeah. yeah, and then I can't remember if it was right after this, but that Moxley promo he was cutting in back, oof, it's like one of those promos that gives you goosebumps because you're like, I believe everything you're saying, Moxley. I believe it. Like, again, where was this guy in WWE? They would have never let him be Moxley, but I'm so glad he can be Moxley on a national stage. It's so amazing. He his psychology in that promo, uh, something about just like how gravelly his voice was. I was getting like Jake the Snake Robert vibes. Yeah, yeah, he must be uh, working with him a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. 
uh, Chandler back to uh, the Young Bucks and that forgotten tag team or uh, tag title match opportunity. I think uh, a little later in the night, we kind of get a hint that they might be back on the hunt for that. Uh, we'll get to that later with them. Uh, Did we though? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, they're. I think they're. They're leaving the elite. We'll uh, get to for, that for, for now. We'll, we'll, get, we'll to get to that. that. Uh, but yeah, uh, after we got Moxley uh, beating the living crap out of Orange Cassidy and Claudio pulling him off, we've got MJF backstage uh, about to knock on uh, Kenny Omega's door. He knocks on the door. Jericho answers the door and smiles at him and shuts the door in his face. Uh, we got MJF uh, walking away, and what do we get? Wardlow, out of nowhere, uh, choking him up against the wall, uh, telling him he's he took everything from him, he was going to take everything from MJF, uh but not yet so i don't know i think if he really wanted it he could have uh got him right there but uh yeah then we have uh the acclaimed popping out of nowhere on the corner they offered a team with mjf but he just walks right past uh who's he gonna pick <laughs> uh Next up, we've got a Ring of Honor Tag Championship match. Uh, apparently, this match was announced really late in the day, uh, right before Dynamite went on the air. Uh, they are going with uh, Prince Nana invoked a rematch clause for the Ring of, Ring of Honor six-man tag titles. Uh, we've got the Mogul Embassy, Brian Cage, Khan, and Toa Leona versus the Young Bucks and Adam Page. Uh, pretty cool match, kind of a weird finish. Uh, kind of made me, uh, feel like the Elite fell apart. Uh, did you get that vibe, Chandler? Um, I guess I didn't care for any of this, really. Like... If we're supposed to believe that these are the cronies of Swerve, the man who just broke into Hangman's house and cut a promo on his baby, like, wouldn't you expect Hangman to just go ballistic on these fools and just hammer them, like, thrash them, whatever? And then just, like, not a lot worked for me because I was watching the fight TV, and so I could watch. I didn't get interrupted at all. And it was the elite dominated. And then it went to commercial. And then it was the Gates of Agony worked over one of the Bucks. And then as soon as the commercial break ended, it went right back to the elite. They were dominating. And then Swerve came out, distracted Hangman. He ran back, which left the Bucks isolated. And then the Gates of Agony won and got their titles back. And all I really thought was good. The Ring of Honor titles are going to be back on Ring of Honor. And then the Bucks, like, I wouldn't even call it they got mad they threw a hissy fit they threw a little temper tantrum he matt jackson i think was just slamming a chair into the ring and so you're saying it might break up the elite which fine but 
the way they executed it was not well done. Yeah, it definitely, um, I don't know, felt like it needed more. Um, the one positive thing I liked about that match was the finish, though. Uh, I'm mean, like, I, I, I'm a ghoul and I, um, I love playing Mortal Kombat, and I felt like I just witnessed three fatalities back to back to back. That was pretty sweet. Uh, I'll give you that. It was a good ending to the match, not the post match. Yeah. Also, why didn't the, there was, they played the big fight brawl between Swerve and Hangman, and, you know, Hangman was left tattered. Why didn't the Bucks go back and help their friend? I mean, Hangman was with them. He just got distracted by the guy who, like, it made sense why Hangman went back. Why didn't Young Bucks do anything? It feels like the Young Bucks are letting the elite die. They're not doing anything to save it. Yeah, I feel like the Bucks are getting, I don't know, apathetic or something. Like, they just, I don't know. I feel like they're just, their heads aren't in it right now. Because, um, yeah, like, oof, uh, pre-pandemic or even during, like, their storytelling was on point. Now it, it just feels kind of disjointed. They're, I don't know, kind of phoned in. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of getting the Cody road Cody Rhodes vibe like we've got Bucks Island like they're just off doing their own thing like uh nothing's concrete they don't have a a, a clear pathway uh yeah they threw that tantrum uh throwing the timekeeper table hitting the post with a chair uh yeah uh, I kind of feel like they're turning heel uh and yeah good point chandler why didn't they help hangman backstage uh and like why why would hangman and kayfabe be cool with working a match wouldn't he be like kind of distraught about his baby like i'm more so just saying he should have been like kicking ass like he should have been like like stomping mud holes into these guys like he should have been more ferocious but he was just like doing the flippy stuff with the bucks we're gonna do our suicide dies have some fun tee he like it didn't felt like it was like real after such a great swerve thing they had and i don't know it's like if the ring of honor six man tag titles it's what's gonna tear the elite apart and they couldn't even bring them to the pay-per-view they were on kind of weak in my opinion, but if it gets the Young Bucks to a better spot and they're doing the work you guys say they used to do, good. I'm, I'm glad we're moving in that direction. Do you love the finish? Uh, you kind of talked about that a little bit, Chad, with the uh, power bomb from uh, Brian Cage to Nick Jackson, and then the, uh, the move is called a double face buster from... Uh, gates of agony uh for the win uh what a sick finisher really like that uh we are getting hangman versus swerve two at full gear how could that match top hangman swerve one that we saw live at result dream like, i mean it'll be hard to top it the one we saw was in Swerve's house. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was literally in Swerve's house. So, yeah, that that 
crowd was awesome. I, lo- I love uh, being part of the Seattle crowd and turning heel and che- cheering for Swerve. That was pretty epic. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fuck hangman. Like, <laughs> I never thought in a million years I would be chanting that. <laughs> in the moment, it's fine. You're not going to Dynamite next week and, like, he just pops out and you're going, F you, hangman. Like, it was in the moment. <laughs> yep, yep. Ooh, thank you for the reminder. We are all going to Dynamite next week. What I, a treat. <laughs> I got something to say about that. I'm going to keep it. I told Chad about it, but I'm pissed at AEW right now. But we'll keep it. We'll keep it cool. Okay. Um. All right. We've got the uh, Young Bucks uh, and Hangman Page losing the titles. Uh Swerve and Hangman get separated backstage. And then we've got MJF backstage. He uh still looking for three partners for his match later on in the night. Uh, he hesitates to knock on Samoa Joe's door. Uh, doesn't end up doing it. He walks up to Darby Allen's door and uh, <laughs> scratches off Darby Allen's name and writes uh, emo bitch on it. Uh, he walks down the hall a little bit, the acclaimed pop up and they have a sign that says, pick us. Uh, MJF just walks past them. Uh, then we've got Tony Schiavone in the ring uh, with, uh, well, about to introduce Adam Copeland. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I really love the uh, Adam Copeland intro. It's like got a lot of energy, and with all of us seeing him debut live, it really, you know, that gives it an extra uh, sparkle, I guess, in my mind. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone wants to know what Adam Copeland thinks about Christian Cage challenging Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, Adam Copeland ends up uh, putting over Tony Schiavone a little bit. Uh, the crowd uh, ends up chanting, uh, Tony, Tony. Uh, kind of cool. Uh Tony Schiavone wants to know if he will team with Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, then Christian Cage's music hits, and out comes Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Uh, Christian Cage brings up Adam Copeland's neck injuries and demands that Adam Copeland back down. If he doesn't, he is going to snap his neck. Uh, at that point, Christian Cage sends Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne to the ring. Adam Copeland ends up taking them all out. Uh, but the numbers game is way too much. Christian Cage is about to give Adam Copeland the concerto. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen come out and even the odds. Copeland ends up giving Christian Cage a pretty beautiful spear. And uh, Adam Copeland agrees to team with Darby Allen 
and Sting at Full Gear. Uh, should be a cool match. Uh, what are we? Uh, what are our betting odds on Adam Copeland turning on Sting and Darby? I'm gonna say no because uh, I think they're gonna turn Christian face. I don't think they're gonna turn Edge or Adam Copeland heel. I think they're doing a long term. We're going to do Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys. We're going to have kind of a old folks retirement tour next year for 2024. That's going to be my big bold prediction. So you're going to see Ric Flair and Sting and you're going to see that triple or trios tag title ladder match from WrestleMania 2024 years after. Yeah. But I mean, other yeah. than that, I thought it was a, like fun segment. I'll talk about it after you, what you say, Chad, do you think he's going to be heel? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I kind of line in with you on that one. Um, I think his prediction from the beginning where, um, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are going to turn on Christian and then, uh, he'll be there ready waiting for him. Um, although I would like to see, I'd like to see them back together. I feel like on his own, Adam Copeland's just a little too, white meat baby face he doesn't have a lot of depth to him he seems very uh paint by numbers uh maybe it's just because he's really only ever been at the wwe for 20 some years he feels very like oh this is my cookie kiter this is where i live kind of thing and maybe he needs a little more character development uh what do you think he definitely needs to uh step out of his comfort zone being with the wwe for ever uh, yeah he's probably not used to uh, having his own personality his own character uh yet so yeah i agree totally what do you think chandler um yeah uh the segment was pretty dang good though um i kind of wrote my notes as it was happening obviously and one thing i wrote was christian insinuates that he'll retire edge that's all i wrote because that's all he had said and then he went, I'm going to snap your neck and leave you in a wheelchair. And you're going to have, like, your kids are going to have to clean up your drool. And I was like, oh, Christian's just going there. He's just like, I'm going to kill you, man. Like, that's my plan right now. Uh, other notes I had for this, um, uh, Sting's makeup and hair was fantastic. It looks like they're doing whatever they can to roll back the clock on him, which I'm all for. Like, it's his retirement match. You're going to be taking a lot of pictures. Everything's going to be recording. You're going to want Sting to look good. But. Other than that, I mean, I kind of was saying all along that Edge was going to go to full gear, and I really just, I think since Edge's returned, they've only been interested in doing him as face, which I kind of get because no one ever thought he'd be back. So I'm fine with him being face, but I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's AEW fault, but he kind of just feels like he's a part of the roster and not in a good way. Like, you see Sting pop up still. That's huge. You see Kenny Omega. That's huge. You see John Moxley come back. It's huge. You see Adam Copeland show up. You're like, that's oh, Adam Copeland. And I'm kind of sad about that because he's such a a big talent. He's an 11-time world champion. I was like, it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, he was huge. And I don't really know what the hesitation is. I mean, maybe it's just because they got a lot more bigger things going on at the moment, but... All right. I don't know. I just had something that popped into my head. The way to fix it. Three words. Live sex show. 
Earn that rated R superstar. They bought the <laughs> moniker. You got to earn it, Tony. Speaking uh, of Tony Khan. Yes. Nice segue. Uh, yeah, we get the uh, big Tony Khan announcement. Uh, and what is it? Before we get We're into gonna that, put... I have a big announcement for this podcast. I'm going to be going to bed tonight in that bed right there that is my big announcement sorry to interrupt what was tony khan's big announcement i i think i'll be stunned all right tickets for all in 2024 are gonna go on sale (laughs) what (laughs) does anyone take these seriously anymore like you gotta like, I did. You could have done this so like you could have said Tony Khan's gonna talk about Allen and everyone would have gone by like, oh okay, he's probably just gonna talk about tickets, maybe announce a big name. I don't know. But no, it had to be a big announcement. So he had to get everyone's hopes up. Like maybe not everyone, but like at least me. I was like, okay, what's it gonna be? And it's just we'll be selling tickets in a month. Although I do have yeah. to admit, um, He's getting better on the mic. Before, he just seems like fidgety and uh, just a little too excited. Like you, you've seen him come out uh, after the show now at um, at Wrestle Dream, right? He did that. He came out for the pre-show. He did uh, the yeah. Anoki, like, and he's usually the- super like amped up, and it's kind of almost hard to hard to follow what he's saying. Uh, maybe like he had a little too much uh, fun, uh, but uh, that's that's how he used to always talk. I feel like he's slowing down. He seems more professional or comfortable on the mic now. But Or uh, they gave him a teleprompter. Yeah. yeah. Or or just, you know, told security to keep his Coke dealer out of the building. Wouldn't be surprised if he took, like, acting classes or, like, had a coach for that. Uh, he'll he'll need to be an on television personality, like eventually you can't not be like. If Eric Bischoff never would have been on TV, I think that would have been a bad idea. If Vince McMahon was never on TV, I think that would have been a bad idea. So I think he'll need to be an authority figure on screen with a an impact pulling the strings. So. Eventually he'll he'll be doing that, uh, but yeah, what I wrote, what a letdown <laughs> on the uh, big announcement. I do have a uh, that uh, possibly he was gonna announce something else, uh, and it fell through. There's some chatter about uh, Warner Brother Discovery and AEW still not having a deal worked out. And uh, I don't know. Um, I kind of feel like he was close to uh, announcing uh, a renewal deal with Warner Brother, Warner Brothers Discovery, and that didn't happen. So you could have even brought up, like, it was announced the day after, but I'm sure they knew you could have said, hey, Ric Flair signed a multi-year contract, like, even though I'm very public, I'm not happy about that. That is still a big announcement. So you could have done that. That would have satisfied people more than just. So, so what's the over under 
on Ric Flair living to see the end of that contract. Sorry, did I just go a little? It. Did I just turn T heel on uh, no. there? Did I just no? Christian, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I'll be um hopeful and say he makes it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. Um, how how many years is it? They just said multi year, right? Nothing concrete on the two, three, five. Uh, I think it kind of depends. Five year deals, probably five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine he will make it, <laughs> but uh, I'm rooting for him, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. What we'll let down on that big announcement. But another question I have with the tickets going on sale so early. Will that increase their chances of selling out Wembley? Well, maybe, because did you know there's a very, very big WWE event the week after? They're doing a, uh, like, basic, I don't know the size of the stadium. I'm sure it's not comparable to Wembley. But at whatever Germany's Superdome is, they're doing a show there. It's called, like, Bash in Berlin. And it's literally Bash the week after. So mm-hmm. I think... This is Tony Khan trying to get ahead of that and being like, hey, buy tickets now because now there's direct competition. Again, I literally, you just say, hey, he's going to talk about All In. People would have been stoked. Oh, shit, he's talking about All In. He didn't do that last time. So. Yeah, no. And to be fair, uh, WWE's been killing their international shows. Um Bad Bunny in uh, Puerto Rico. Like I heard that was just a huge pop and an amazing show. Uh, that was one of the few WWE shows I missed this year. I want to go back and watch that match specifically because it's, I mean, a lot of people say the Attitude Era came back alive for one night and it was basically just an Attitude Era crowd just in Puerto Rico and they were going cool. ballistic for everything. So one of those shows that I definitely want to go back and check yeah. out. Bad Bunny at WrestleMania killed it for me, actually. I, have, I wouldn't mind catching that match, too. Uh, don't they have Crown Jewel coming up in uh, two days? Yeah, this Saturday. Uh, it's a very nice 11 o'clock pay-per-view, so I can watch it live without being spoiled. So I'll be checking that out. Um, Logan Paul's going to win his first WWE title. Not the big one, but he's going to win a title. I'm very certain of that. Other than that, I think it's going to be a pretty stock standard pay-per-view. What is it, a U.S. title or... Yeah, it's the U.S. title. He's going after Rey Mysterio. Didn't know Rey had it. He's still around. Yeah. No, this Logan Paul's kills it, man. Him him and Seth had an amazing match. It's so sad how good Logan Paul is, but he's so good at this. And a lot of people want to detract because apparently he rehearses his matches like a thousand times and it's like who cares randy savage rehearsed his matches is he not one of the greatest of all times yeah no it's called work ethic like who cares so i'm as much of a prick as logan paul is in real life i don't give a shit when that bell rings he's pretty goddamn good and i want him to win that title all right next up we've got uh daddy magic matt menard and cool hand angelo parker uh, I call them XJAS. 
uh, versus Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, um, who are known as the Golden Jets. Uh, Chad will know all about this. Yeah, uh, including Don Callis on there, three boys from Winnipeg. Uh, you wouldn't know that, Chandler, but uh, that's my hometown. It's where I grew oh, up. Oh, wow, that's so, cool. So, yeah, it's good that? Good to see local boys make good. Like, who who would have thought that? You'd get uh, get all that Winnipeg talent in one place. Well, not just uh, talent, like generational talent. Yeah. So it's pretty nice. And uh, Yeah, and the Jets is, of course, the Winnipeg Jets, their NHL team. Oh, a lot of people have been saying, like, why the hell are they the Golden Jets? That makes no sense. Yeah. So the fact that they're a Winnipeg thing, that yeah, Yeah, so, yeah, Golden Lovers and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked when uh, Don, I was like, oh, three guys, like, what are the odds? Probably the only three from Winnipeg in pro wrestling. and They're all on the same shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Uh, yeah, we got Don Callis on commentary. Uh, kind of a few initial thoughts. Uh, Jericho and Omega should be wrestling bigger names. Like, what are they doing wrestling these two? Uh, I don't know. How do you two feel about that? <laughs> the match should not have been competitive at all. Uh, you've got two former world champions versus a couple of schlubs. Uh, yeah, no, they should have been a squash. That's polite. Yeah. That's putting it politely. Uh, I didn't have a yeah, whole lot written down for this. Um, I kind of just wrote down, again, I'm very happy that Kyle Fletcher is like def- definitely in the Don Callis family. I mean, I've said it every single podcast we've had, but it is so often for one tag team wrestler to be injured and then they just leave the other one off TV for months. So like, look at Jay Uso right now. That only happened because Jimmy was injured. So think about what they could be doing with Kyle Fletcher right now. I'm all for it. But back to this. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a crowd that said Judasi in my mind. That was pretty funny sign. Uh, and then I just literally everything else I have is the finish or the end of the match. Cause this match was just nothing. I mean, like I said, the promo package was great, but it had nothing to do with Kenny Omega. Cause he's back to wrestling kind of boring tag matches. And it sucks to say, cause you know, he's got to like take care of his body and he's getting to the end of his career. So this is a way of seeing Kenny Omega and not, having him do these crazy five-star matches every week. And I don't want a crazy five-star match in every week, but maybe you just don't have Kenny Omega on the show this week. You know, maybe he just stands at ringside and someone else wrestles. I don't know. But yeah, I mean the match and like, it was nothing. I literally felt nothing watching this. I felt like Jericho uh, looked unusually nimble and, flexible and quick and looked really good tonight uh which i mean he should have against matt menard and angelo parker uh yeah yeah uh yeah i you know there have been matches with jericho that i've watched that i felt like like a little cringy like he couldn't, he was stiff and couldn't move and couldn't, couldn't, you know, do it like he used to. So it was kind of good to see that tonight. Uh, 
cool spot. We had Kenny Omega giving Jake Hager a V trigger as Jake Hager tries to get in the ring. Uh, then we got Kenny Omega diving on to Jake Hager on the outside of the ring. We've got Jericho going for a lion salt, but Matt Menard hits him in the head with uh, his own bat. Uh, then <laughs> Matt Menard hands Angelo Parker bat in front of Aubrey Edwards, uh, proceeds to try to hit Jericho with the bat in front of Aubrey Edwards. Uh, shouldn't that have been a disqualification? I don't know, but uh, Jericho dodges the bat and lands the Judas effect. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of quick match. Uh, but yeah, I like the Judas effect. Uh, good looking move, and yeah, uh, we got another uh win for the now uh undefeated. Uh, Golden Jets. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I really said all I need to on that one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of want to see the Callus family level up uh, from uh, fr- from this. So uh, they they need. To, I think they they need to end up winning the feud. Uh, all uh, all said and done. Uh, I'll save my thoughts for once you get through the big reveal. But uh, what did you think, Chandler? I. Uh, same thing. Um, they need to win some gold. Uh, I don't think I've said it that much in this review because he hasn't wrestled, but one of the wrestlers, like top three AEW wrestlers for me is Takeshita as well. I think he's insane. Like you see people where you believe their moves. Takeshita, I believe everything he does would break me into 5,000 pieces. So I love Takeshita right now. Um, I'd love to see a title around him uh even at, like give them some tag titles because they're not really doing anything with those right now um but yeah um if you want to get into how it ends because i have a lot to say about what literally precedes all of this after kenny and jericho win the match uh don and all of his uh family get up and don Callis challenges kenny mega chris jericho uh, to a street fight in two weeks from that dynamite. Uh, Kenny Omega ends up uh, wanting Kota Ibushi to be the third man, and <laughs> Jericho reveals uh, Paul White to be the fourth man, uh, someone who's bigger than Will Hobbs. Uh, yeah, he sure is bigger than Will Hobbs. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul White, to me, did not look that great. Uh, pretty decrepit. Uh, his body was just kind of like, like he was really trying to stand up, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it just didn't look natural. No, this is a man that gave his body to the industry. He put himself through hell. Uh, somebody that big, he's got so much wear and tear on all of his joints. Um, yeah, he's had what hip replacements, and his knees have been had surgery on them. There's no way he should be moving good. Like he's a giant dude who's wrestled for since the '90s. 
Uh, yeah, no, I think he's got one job in here, and that's to let Will Hobbs uh, hit him with the uh, with his. Uh, oh shoot, what's his move? I'm spacing. Spinebusters. Spinebusters. Thank you. Uh, a few times and may, make Will Hobbs look like a million bucks. Like really, that's what these guys should be doing right now is setting up the next generation. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is why I said I was pissed at AEW just personally, because they said two weeks from now, not like next week. Like, come on, guys, you've been announcing all these matches, and it's literally for no reason. It's just two weeks from now we'll do it, so whatever. And then, I mean, I'm going to call him Big Show, because that's I'm going to be talking about him in WWE, but Big Show was looking old and bad in WWE. I mean, they wouldn't use him for years. Uh, he was asking for a Shaquille O'Neal match for years at WrestleMania, and they kept not just not doing it because they were like, mm, no, like, ugh. like I think they wanted to do a big celebrity match, but not with Big Show. And I think that's for a reason. And like you said, Dave, he he didn't look good. He literally looks like he's like misshaped, like not scoliosis, but like his hips were misplaced, and ugh, he looked like he couldn't walk well. And so you're saying just have powerhouse Hobbs hit him with a spine buster. I don't want to see that. I think his legs are going to fall off. Like, I get it. Put over the younger generation. But how old is Big Show? He was around at WCW. And, like, no one wants to see this. So I really hope this is, like, one match. And this is also, like, why is Kenny Omega involved in this? Like, he had that phenomenal singles match with MGF over the title. And everyone's kind of just like, okay, that's like main event Kenny Omega. He's back. He's around, guys. He's going to have his great matches again. And it's like, nope, he's going to be tag teaming with Paul White. So, I mean, I'm not too jazzed for this match. I kind of just hope it's the end of uh, this feud. That's all I really got to say, like, I hope this is his last match, as sad as that sounds. He just doesn't look like he can do it anymore. It doesn't look like he should be doing it. Yeah, I I hope all of this leads to a retirement match for Paul White. Uh, yeah, man, it just looks so bad. Like, Kyle Fletcher, it was almost like, come here so I can punch you. You know what I mean? is what it looked like to me on television like, run into my fist uh, just run right into it it's right there man yep that's exactly how i felt with that like come here so you can run into my fist uh so i don't know if either one of you have seen uh tenacious d in the pick of destiny uh <laughs> There's a scene with Tim Robbins outside the uh, Rock and Roll History muse Museum. And he's like, come here so I can stab you. <laughs> and Jack Black's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and just runs away. And that's exactly what I thought of when I saw uh, Paul White punch Kyle Fletcher. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I knew it was coming because... Uh, Chris Jericho trademarked uh, Jericho like a month ago. So I kind of had a funny feeling. And uh, yeah, I could take it or leave it. But it's good to see him. I watched him when I was a pretty young child in WCW. 
So I'll be rooting for him. He needs to retire, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, like, there's been tons of times where a wrestler looked bad walking down to the ring, but somehow the bell rings, the lights turn on, and they can pull a decent match out of their ass. So I'm going to say Paul White's a professional. I hope he knows his limits and he can put off a, put on a good show. That's all I really can say. Ooh, we do have a caveat here. It is a street fight or a parking lot. One of the I two. I think they said street fight. Yeah, so he won't have to really, you know, hold up most of the weight, you know, of the match. So that'll be good. That'll be a perfect way to for him not to have to look that good. He'll, he'll punch Kyle Fletcher in the face, knock him out, and then Powerhouse Hobbs will spinebuster him in some tables, and that'll be it. You gotta get a choke slam, though, right? Yeah, that's like he's gonna do two moves, and then Powerhouse Hobbs is gonna take him out, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll look good. I'll be, you know, I don't know. I don't want to uh, set the bar too high, but yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I did like the next two segments, so the backstage segment and the next match. So we're getting up into some better times. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Renee Paquette in the back with Jericho, uh, with Kenny Omega in the elite slot, uh, elite locker room. Uh, Matt Jackson asks Kenny Omega who invited this prick into our locker room. Uh, Kenny Omega kind of gives him the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Uh, and the young bucks kind of walk out on him. So a uh, little bit of tension in the elite, uh, which I kind of like. Uh, they haven't done any elite storyline in quite a bit so uh i think it's just what we needed we got the tension with uh hangman page running out on the young bucks and then kenny omega kind of choosing chris jericho over the bucks so yeah kind of spicing that up a little bit i believe uh believe i'm into it yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to say, as I always end up saying this with every single uh, elite storyline, which is right at the beginning. Which is, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, I wasn't super feeling it uh, this segment specifically. Uh, maybe it was just the mood I was in, or whatever. Um, but usually, usually by the end of what, like the storyline or whatever, they always have me won over, and I'm always like in it. So. Uh, but yeah, for me, I don't. I don't know. I just wasn't quite feeling it yet. But um, I'll, I'll wait and see. Because uh, I mean, we know what they're capable of, and uh, yeah, maybe for me it was just a slow start or something. Uh, what's your opinions, Chandler? Kind of the same thing. I mean, um, I don't dislike Jericho. I have a lot of respect for him. I remember watching him back in the day, but I kind of just don't want him doing anything with Kenny Omega because I'm. I'm just not interested in seeing them tag, but I get it. They're finishing their Don Callis story. And then I'm, I'm glad that the elite or the young or young bucks aren't just like, yeah, we'll follow you Kenny Omega into the depth of the hell. They're being like a little like 
they're like, no, we're kind of done with this. Like you're just sinking into this Don Callis hole and you're teaming up with people who you would never team up with if you were thinking rationally. So like, we're just walking away. So again, if it leads to somewhere and you know, the heel young bucks are as good as people always say they are, then hell yeah, I'm all for it. But as of right now, it's not being executed great. So kind of just like, whatever, I'll, I'll wait and see. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Chad. Like, uh, they usually don't start off uh, very captivating with the, you know, the elite storylines, but they usually pull through in the end. Uh, if not giving an incredible, an incredible match that tells the entire story through the whole match, like, even if we get just that and no, you know, quality storyline, I'll be fine. Because uh, what they, the stories that they can tell in the ring, unbelievable. I've seen it with uh, uh, Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, uh, Young Bucks and FTR. Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, the the story they tell in the ring, yeah, worth it. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for some Young Bucks. Are they that young, though, anymore? <laughs> now they're just the Bucks. Oh. Yep. Uh, yeah, next up, we've got the AEW Women's World Championship match. Hikaru Shida versus willow nightingale uh great match uh very hard hitting willow nightingale is going places <laughs> she uh she looked like a million bucks uh it looks like at one point before picture and picture or maybe after it, I do. I did write down that Excalibur promotes the show Wipeout, starring John Cena on TBS. I was going to say <laughs> that they said the name Jonathan Cena on AEW Dynamite. I freaked out. I was like, "You're joking!" And then they were like, "Oh, we're just promoting Wipeout. Like you can. It's just a name. You can say that." <laughs> I was like, "No way!" Oh my gosh. Pat yeah, Taz called him out. Did you hear that? He's like, "Can you say that?" And he's like, "That's his real name." <laughs> I like it was, it was so weird. I forget that John Cena does stuff outside of WWE, like his acting stuff, but funny. But yeah, I mean, yeah. not to get too far ahead, but I really liked this match. I thought it was really good. This is my first Willow Nightingale like singles match. I think she was in the pre-show of. Wrestle Dream, but there was like an eight-man tag, and I only remember Kojima, so I can't remember everything, but this was great. I mean, she did a pounce on Sheeta that, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but at WrestleMania this year, uh, Angelo Dawkins gave a monstrous pounce to Braun Strowman at just a tag match, but it was, like, insane, and this was kind of like that, where I wasn't really expecting it, and well, it just comes out of nowhere and just throws her to the ground. It was so cool, and, like, the Falcon arrow from the rope to the kick out at one from Willow. Like that was great. So I agree with you, Dave. Um, I hope good things are in store for Willow. Uh, I think they're just kind of tied up with the Tony storm thing for now, but,
but maybe Willow would go for the TBS title. That would be pretty hot fire. So I'm all for her. I'm on the Willow train. Yeah, yeah. The manage uh the match definitely lived up to its hype. Uh they did they, they tried to say what because Willow won that tournament. That's why they were giving her the shot. The Owen Hart thing? Yeah. But so I mean to be fair though, two weeks ago she lost the fatal four-way. Like that's the only thing that is that weird logic loophole for me is like, well, how'd she get a title shot? I think they wanted a woman's match on the show for the title and they needed someone to lose. And also we were talking about promotions and my real question is for Dave, which is, is he going to purchase the Tony micro brawler? I'm not. <laughs> no. You, you've got to start putting uh, up, putting up your action figure collection around. Uh, I know the, the people need to see it. Lately. I've actually been addicted to buying a, uh, vintage teenage mutant ninja turtles so <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm kind of doing that thing right now but yeah it would look cool if i got some of my figures and put them up behind me i've, I've got a lot <laughs> yeah. oh my uh, other my other note on this match too uh it was such a quick move but man it was a thing of beauty the uh she does question mark kick i don't know if you guys remember that thing oh my god that thing looked legit I'm really starting to like yeah. Sheeta. She's she's pretty damn good. There's a reason why they keep putting the belt back on her. She's I think she's kind of yeah, like other... the women's division's John Moxley. Uh when in when in doubt, just give her give it to her. She'll figure it out. Um other than the finisher with Sheeta uh nailing the katana on Willow. Most of the offense that really stood out to me was Willow to Sheeta. Uh, yeah, she looked powerful. She looked dominant. Uh, we, yeah, we did get that, uh, actually, that uh, Avalanche Falcon Arrow to Willow, but Willow looked, uh, came out of that looking stronger by kicking out after one. Uh, freaking what a beast uh we got that big pounce that uh you talked about chandler uh got a big death valley driver to sheeta uh for a two count that really uh really stood out to me uh we got sheeta winning the match with the katana she shakes willow's hand willow accepts uh then we got tony storm coming out uh to steal the stop uh spotlight again yet again uh she does having none of it she runs up the ramp and uh, gives her a big knee uh we've got the lights going out a pretty big trend in aew nowadays julia hart in the ring with willow nightingale uh julia hart offers willow nightingale her hand sky blue ends up coming out and at first we think sky blue has aligned with julia hart but she turns around and uh sprays a blue mist all over julia hart uh <laughs> no she was probably going for her face but it really only got on her neck <laughs> uh kind of funny 
but yeah, what I liked the most about this whole thing was Willow Nightingale just laughing her ass off at the whole situation. Uh, yeah, kind of cool. Like, what's going on with uh, Sky Blue? Is she a uh, heel face in between? What's going on? I don't know. I've been taking a lot of this uh, Julia myth, Julia Hart myth story at face value because I've honestly missed a lot of it. <laughs> Funny enough, but uh, back to the Tony Storm one real quick. I really loved it just because of her comical running. Like she was terrified of Sheeta coming after her. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, poor Luther. He had his pillow with the shoe and Sheeta swatted it away. But back to this uh, sky blue stuff. I was kind of confused because the internet is telling you that Julia Hart is building her own woman house of black and it was going to be sky blue. And I can't, I don't know who else she missed it, but Sky Blue was the first one and she was kind of falling and then she came out and this is what's progressing it. Like, oh, here it is. She's going to turn on Willow, beat her down. And then she spits on Julia, which I think is like a decent swerve, but it's also like, where are you going with this? And all I wrote down was uh, goth, but not evil. There is a difference. So yeah, um, I'm interested. Uh, two women's, a whole two different women's story on the show. Tony Khan, you're outdoing yourself, man. But yeah, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward goth on goth fight. Uh, as a reforms goth kid myself, I, I'm uh, I'm going to eat that one up. Mm -hmm. And also another funny note, just on the production when uh, Sheeta went tearing after uh, Tony Storm. I just thought it was hilarious when she ran from um, towards the end and she ran into the other camera. She ran into the black and white camera. So all of a sudden she went from color to black and white. It just looked, I don't know, it tickled me. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, the whole part of that Sheeta going after Tony Storm, I thought it was the perfect way to end this like three show. You have Sheeta have a match and then Tony Storm interrupt. I really like how they're progressing it. It's simple. But she just like, I'm done with you coming out after my matches and stealing my spotlight. I'm going to smash your head in. So I'm all for it. It's good to have a, a storyline uh, for the women's division, uh, let alone two, like on one show. Wow. <laughs> what a treat. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, state that they've uh, finally done it and fixed the women's division but they're doing you know a little more than usual uh but yeah should be fun goth on goth yeah i'll take it uh <laughs> next up we've got mjf in the back uh the acclaimed try to get mjf to team with him but all he's got to do is scissor with them and wear what they have in the trash bag. MJF says no. And then uh, around the corner, we've got Jeff Jarrett and his uh, cronies uh, looking shady AF. Uh, MJF looks at them, looks down at the bag. What is he going to do? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I kind of like how they kept coming back to this. This is what the third time in the night. Uh, that seems very like 
old WWF to me, like Attitude Era, kind of like, or did they did they kind of do anything like that, Chandler, in the two thousands? So not really. A lot of the stuff was kind of like segmented, like the more current Raw and SmackDown have kind of been doing that. But yeah, I've been wanting to talk about because these little MJF looking for team member segments were probably my favorite moment throughout the whole show. Like even better than the matches. I I thought they were really concise and funny. Uh, I definitely gave up on my theory after the Samoa Joe door. I was like, yeah, he's not going after KO, Samoa Joe, Wardlow. That was a fun idea, but he's not just going to do that. And then I was thinking out through the entire night, like, who is he going to pick? I kind of thought like maybe he's going to go with the Don Callis family, sell his soul. Um, and then when it was revealed that it was Jarrett's team, that was the loudest I reacted through the whole show. I laughed my ass off. So I was like, let's fucking do this. Jeff Jarrett in the main event. Yes, please. I'm here for this. And obviously MJF didn't go for that, which I'm again, I, I was disappointed with the Tony Khan announcement. I was not disappointed that it was the acclaimed because it was still funny. It was still entertaining. So I had nothing wrong with that. But seeing Jeff Jarrett, and he was perfect. He was like, yeah, baby, you know what you're getting into with me and all his cronies behind him just laughing it up. I was like, this is exactly what I want with this. Even though I want it to be a little bit more serious, when we're still on this jokey sub like side, it was done perfectly tonight. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of gunning for him to I was like, yeah, go with Jared. Jared, Jared's hilarious. And uh Satinum sings big deep voice. Oh man, yeah, that had me cracking up too. Yeah, I like how they left it on the cliffhanger, him looking down at the trash bag. That was really cool. Um who will it be? Uh then we've got Roderick Strong uh Renee! calling Adam Cole. Renee! Adam- <laughs> I like how that's just how he talks. Adam, Adam, Max, uh, Max. love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good character work from him. Uh, uh, Adam Cole ends up telling uh, Roderick Strong to shut the hell up and hung up on him. So uh, yeah, that, I kind of like that. Uh, that kind of made me think, like, oh shit, is uh, Adam Cole the devil? Like, what is going on right now? So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, now we have the uh, main event for Dynamite: uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Austin, and Colton Gunn uh, versus MJF and who? The acclaimed. He finally picked the acclaimed uh pretty happy about that not only did he pick the acclaimed but he came out wearing pink ring gear had a pink scarf which was a nice touch and a uh acclaimed scissor me t-shirt uh yeah how how, how are you not gonna love every part of that uh one cool thing i wrote down to uh the rap that max casker did uh the ending of it basically was uh, <laughs> Jay White and Juice Robinson are two New Japan rejects and the Ass Boys. It was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, fun match. Uh, 
it was really kind of a feel good situation uh, in my mind. The whole the whole thing. Uh, he could have picked a lot of people. The acclaimed are probably the most uh, appropriate choice in my mind. Uh, but yeah, what did you guys uh, think about his choice? I I liked it. I mean, you yeah, you got a great another great Max Caster rap out of it. Uh, their chemistry like during this whole thing's been great, and it it has a culminate event in them eventually scissoring. Like that's just MJF's been so good at making those moments like you wanting them and waiting for them, and eventually popping when it happens. Whether it's body slamming a big guy or shoving a dude up his butt. Uh, <laughs> uh no it was it was good it was the match we needed and uh the perfect build to the even bigger match coming up yeah i i mean still fun acclaimed her a lot of fun uh i kind of believe now that the bullet club gold will be the next trios champions because they're haven't been doing much with them and they're getting involved and i think spoilers i don't think mjf is losing the title at full gear i think he's gonna finally get it back and send jay white packing so this is going to be not a consolation prize but like hey at least the bullet cub gold can do something they're going to win this which i'm all for um i don't dislike the bullet club gold angle i just i'm not enjoying it i'm kind of ready for it to be over i was pretty disappointed when i spoilers to the end of the match but mjf still can't get the stupid title back but I get what they're leading towards. It's going to, and the lead up to the match is going to be all it took was one Blade Runner and MJF was done. So that's the whole, this is a classic, like, it feels like a very WWE storyline, which is odd because this is AEW. All I've heard is like, oh, they're super indies, yada, yada, yada. So for them to be doing a very WWE storyline is a little surprising to me. But yeah, for me, um, they they give not everybody but they give their talents a lot of um uh room to go with their own creative especially somebody like mjf and to me this just has mjf sensibilities all over it which is he's a sports entertainer he's so good at what he does and he can go in the ring and when he finally does you're always like whoa because you don't see it a lot and uh but you know kind of like the whole uh you know brock lesnar he shows it to you every now and then and when you do you're like oh my god so that's uh, why you're at where you're at i have to remember that when you're not around or you're doing silly stuff you're one of the best that's alive right now i yeah. have to remember that and yeah. on, I, i'm still looking forward to the match i think it'll be a good match it's just this feud isn't doing much for me yeah, I feel like it's a transition feud. Uh, then he'll get into is the real big one for uh, World's End, I bet. It's just kind of it's what he's got to do to get there. And, uh, you know, I feel like especially, you know, a few more big injuries. I think he's kind of really taking the company on his back right now. You know, Brian's out again, uh, Adam Cole. So I, I don't know. I think he gets ratings and they're putting him all over the show because of it he's uh definitely what people want to see um yeah uh something kind of cool about the match uh not only was it billy gunn's birthday i think they said he was 60 years old (laughs) 
we're talking about all these what? old people and how they can't go, and then Billy Gunn comes out, and I'm like, yeah, Billy Gunn, like. Might be I might be wrong, but I could have swore they said sixty. I think but, you're right. uh it sounds about uh, right. It was kinda cool. Right? Uh it was really cool him uh actually wrestling his uh children. Uh kind of cool uh watching that happen. Uh yeah, he he's in great shape. Uh, I think he's in better shape and more over than he was in the nineties. <laughs> somehow right now today uh at one point austin gunn went for some uh road dog punches uh billy gunn shut that down real quick uh did the uh degeneration x suck it uh taunt and uh the crowd erupted with uh suck it chant uh that was kind of cool uh jf still won't scissor with uh, the acclaimed uh at one point we get mjf actually kind of teases uh a scissor party with the acclaimed but the bullet club uh shut that down we get a <laughs> let them scissor chant which was kind of cool uh let's see uh, we get a hot tag to MJF. MJF cleans house. Uh, suplexes Juice Robinson, Austin, and Colton. Uh, MJF actually countered the 310 to Yuma into a DDT, which looked really cool. Uh, MJF actually hit the kangaroo kick, too. And then... Uh, while MJF was distracted, Sneaky J. White snuck in there and hit the Blade Runner uh, for the win. Uh, MJF didn't get the belt back. And we got J. White going to hit MJF with the belt, but Max Caster jumps in and uh, kind of takes the bullet <laughs> on that. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh <laughs> Do you think uh, he uh, earned MJF's respect from that, <laughs> Chandler? <laughs> yeah, uh, just some other stuff I noticed throughout the match. Uh, fast forwarding a bit, I just loved MJF's selling through the match. He just looked like he was so embarrassed to be with the acclaimed, and he was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I literally have no one else. And like, it was perfect. They were doing their scissor me timbers where he goes from the top and just MJF was like kind of covering his face. He's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like it was all great. A um, uh, lot of my notes were actually stuff they were announcing for full gear. So we'll get to that maybe after, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's at least on the road to it because uh, I was shocked to see MJF take the pin, but again, it's setting up to that. Oh, that's all Jay White needs is one Blade Runner, and he's not going up against just Jay White. He's going against the whole Bullet Club Gold, which that's the story they're telling. So that's how it's going. But again, um, it was great. I loved Billy Gunn pulling him away. I don't, I'm sure you could hear it because it was pretty audible. He was like, you fucking scissor him now. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, I can't believe that's a phrase that was said. Like, you fast forward back to Billy Gunn and the WWF era, and you're just like, hey, in 2023, 
out of everyone in DX, you're still wrestling. And you're going to look at the current world champion of the second biggest competition to WWE. And you're going to tell him you're going to fucking scissor him now. Like, boggles my mind wrestling in 2023, guys. But, yeah. And then they got their four-way scissoring, which was, I mean, cathartic. At least it had a happy ending. So, I, I I keep on saying I just want MJF to have the title back. And at this point, I'm going to stop saying that because he's not getting it back until full gear. I'm just going to accept that. Um, uh, but it was a fine match. Uh, lots of fun moments. Uh, MJF and the Acclaimed are fantastic. And it was fun to see him tagging together. And I hope we see him more. What about you, Chad? Yeah, uh, much the same. Uh, it's kind of a fun little feud to get us to where we're going. Uh, kind of looking forward to the end of it, but uh, I've been enjoying the ride along the way. Like his, he he walks such a good line of like humor and still like being compelling and serious when he needs to be. Uh, yeah, no, uh, MJF to me is he's twenty six. Like, how the heck is this guy matured that much to uh, put this whole company on his back? Uh, yeah, no, I've I was very much sports entertained through all of this. Uh, how about you, Dave? Yeah, yeah, good feel good uh, ending. Uh, I kind of wrote in my notes here also uh, uh, my high point of the episode and my low point. I'm gonna let you guys know both of them and maybe kind of think about each of your high point and each of your low point of the episode. Uh, my high point was definitely MJF picking the acclaimed, like feel good moment had to happen. Uh, yeah. The whole match. Uh, yeah. It was meant to be, it couldn't have been the kingdom like that. That wouldn't have worked. Uh, and then my low point of the night was uh, the Tony kind of announcement. <laughs> uh, huge letdown. But uh, yeah, how about you two? What were your uh, high point and your low point of the episode? Low point for me was definitely Paul White. Like, I think everyone kind of expected it, but seeing him was a lot worse than I expected. So, yeah, as much, like, I didn't even, I think partially for me, I got the Tony Khan announcement spoiled because I still watched this the morning after. So it was like, oh, it's just all in stuff, whatever. <coughs> but the Paul White stuff was just like, oh, he looks so bad. And what's this new era of AEW we're in where we're bringing in Ric Flair, we're bringing in Paul White again. Like, what are we doing, guys? But... High Van point. Dam. I don't like if they can still wrestle, I'm fine. Like Edge and Christian can still wrestle. I don't care about them being around, but if you look at Paul White, he looks like he literally can't be standing up right now. But my high point, there was actually yeah. like this is a good thing. It's kind of hard for me to narrow it down because there's a lot of stuff I really liked about this show. Um I'm gonna say I just really liked the backstage segments with MJF. I thought they were pretty entertaining all throughout the show. I like how they continually build the story. And again, that stupid bit with Jeff Jarrett at the end was the most I reacted for the entire show. Just because I didn't expect it and I thought it was funny. 
So high points would be just MJF in the backstage throughout the night. Low point would be Paul White, unfortunately. Yeah, for me, my high point actually was uh, was also a backstage segment, but uh, I loved uh, my boy, John Moxley, that him spitting fire at the camera. Uh, for me, that's when he's at his best. And he, I think it was simple and old school. And I would not want to find see that John Moxley in a back alley because uh, he would murder you. Uh, for me, low point, uh, I'm going with Chandler on that one. Uh, yeah, big show, Paul White, whatever we call him. Uh, yeah, no, just not a fit for me. Uh, yeah, no. Um, on a positive note, though, uh collision card fox versus strickland darby versus archer uh that's shaping up to be a hell of a looking good looking show uh what do you think dave uh yeah i haven't uh looked at the collision card yet um i did hear about darby and archer and i what was the other one AR Fox. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. That was announced on Dynamite. But I do have the uh, full gear uh, card so far. Kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit too. Uh, For the uh, zero hour pre show, we've got MJF uh, and a mystery partner. Um, they are defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles against Austin and Colton Gunn. Uh, yeah, that should be uh, cool to figure out who the mystery partner is. Uh, anyone got a guess on that? I really have nothing. Samoa uh, Joe or a yeah. member of the acclaimed. Yeah, I think it's Joe. He, he, I think he's going to take Adam Cole's advice. Uh, which I'm thinking that uh, that advice from Adam Cole is uh, foreshadowing for the the inevitable uh, sudden but inevitable betrayal. Well, I didn't see it, but I I think I heard it. Like partially, the only reason why MJF was able to beat Samoa Joe was Adam Cole kind of interfered, like he like gave him tape or something like that that allowed him to choke out Joe. Um, so maybe Adam Cole's like, I just don't want you to have the title. I don't know what kind of 3D chess he's playing, but for adhering to that theory, he's like, yeah, you should go after Joe because he knows he can't beat Joe. Which, hey, they're putting the AEW title on Samoa Joe. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But The king yeah. of television. I think it'll either be Max Caster or Samoa Joe. Billy Gunn would be really funny, so he would be going up against his uh, sons, but kind of it any Uh, wild speculation dave um i mean i think maybe just max caster might be a good candidate i think that'd be the safe uh now that he proved himself and took a, a belt shot to the head for mjf uh yeah i'll probably go with max caster um, we've also got Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland 2. Uh, we kind of touched on that a little earlier. I don't know how they're going to uh, top uh, Hangman versus Swerve 1. Uh, that uh, was a lot. Really crazy stipulations. Let them, uh, let them try. Yeah, I, th- I think 
think a cage match was appropriate for the first match. So they might they might dabble in a cage match, maybe. Yeah, that's what do you one think, thing Chandler? Oh, I was just gonna say this is feeling like a blood feud almost. So they should probably do something. A steel cage match sounds good because I wouldn't say something like lights out or something crazy like that. We're not that far up in the feud. That should be like the third match to end it. But steel cage match would be pretty fun. Do they do the rule in aid? I hate this rule, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. Do they do the rule in steel cage matches where if you escape it, you win? So you have okay. I hate that rule, but I was going to say that wouldn't be a bad way for Hangman to get a win, so they're even, and then Swerve can win the last one. But, yeah, some fun gimmick would be a good idea. Mm, uh, if you ever feel like delving more into the past, Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow in a cage, so yeah, that one's worth a watch. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've seen uh, a Wardlow match. C- Cody does a moonsault off the top of the cage. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Cody took some it Cody was, took some bullets for that for this company. It was actually AEW's very first steel cage match. Wow, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, hopefully Hangman and Swerve can uh deliver on that one. Uh they've also announced uh Sting Darby and Adam Oplin versus Christian Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne. Uh that should be uh pretty cool we're gonna have some kind of wonky heel turn or face turn whether it be christian or adam copeland oh i think it'll be uh, a bit, we've got an inner i think it'll be a bit more of a ahead. slower burn than that i don't think they're gonna do a heel or face turn at this one maybe maybe a bit further down the line but maybe this will lead to like uh maybe one of you have said this before so correct me if i've said this or if you've said this but Sting winning the TNT champion off of Christian because it was the channel that WCW was on for so long and it would kind of be like a coming home for him. Maybe that's what this is leading to. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun match. Anytime I get to watch Sting wrestle on television, I'm uh, be all over that. So, uh, yeah, should be fun. Uh, we've also got an international championship match uh orange cassidy versus john moxley uh do you think tony khan now that everything's back on track is just gonna give that belt back to moxley uh the original plan or is cassidy gonna actually beat john moxley uh i don't know what do you two think I feel like they'll just put it back on Moxley because as much as I enjoy Orange Cassidy, it just kind of feels like they're doing the same thing he did as international champion the last time, which that's not a bad thing per se, but do you really just want to repeat the same title feud he had a couple months ago? Like, do you really want to repeat it that quickly? So I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. I think it'll be good, but I think Moxley should just, probably win it and have that reign he was going to have all along yeah i think i think we'll see some cool stuff i think we'll see a uh more aggressive vicious mean side of orange cassidy uh because some mox is bringing something out of him that we've never seen before like the shoulder bump oc looking 2v1 he didn't care he just went straight after moxley uh, uh last night 
Uh, so I don't know. I think we're going to see something interesting and cool, but I, yeah, I don't think he's going to have a, have what it takes. And then, uh, hopefully they'll get back on the Mox's plans, but, uh, either way, it'll be amazing to see. I kind of feel the predictable thing would be John Moxley taking the belt back in, I don't know, a squash match basically is what I feel would be predictable. I hope they go the unpredictable route. I don't I don't know. It's a tough one. But uh, we've also got the AEW Women's World Championship match, Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm. I'm actually looking highly forward to that. Uh, I don't think they should take the belt off Shida yet. Uh, I feel like they did that to her like a few months ago when she became the second or however long ago it was, two-time women's world championship. Uh, yeah, I, I love what Tony Storm is doing, but uh, I don't know. I don't think she should get the belt yet. I I kind of disagree. I don't know, because as much as I'm enjoying Sheeta now, I also feel like they're not doing that much interesting with her. They're doing something interesting with Tony. feels like the crowd is behind Tony. And so if you want to do something with this women's division, you should just kind of put the title on a hot, on a hot act. And that also kind of sounds like hot shotting the title, but at this point, I don't really know what you do. So if Tony storm is getting all the vignettes and Tony storm is getting the interesting character and Tony storm is getting the, the good reactions and she'll probably still have good matches. I see no reason as to not put the title on her, but if they have something good planned for Hikaru Shida, then yeah, sure. But I would definitely say for me, I want Tony to win it and Tony to get the title. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, same. Uh, I did just for the moment I fantasy booked in my head of her getting the title and going, "You love me, you really love me." I, that's just it's a weird starlet thing that I'm sure is gonna happen. Uh, Plus, uh, I feel like she would be, for me, the interest is always the person chasing the title. And I would like to see how she reacts to people stepping up to her, because I think that'll just be weird and awesome all at the same time. It definitely work. Uh, yeah, I just don't want Sheeta to lose that belt yet. <laughs> uh it's like the fiend in Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, where it's like, well, Seth Rollins probably shouldn't lose his title so quickly after beating Brock, but this fiend character probably shouldn't take a loss. So they just did nothing and had a like no contest in a Hell in a Cell, which was the worst way to do it. But I have faith in Tony Khan. I think he can come up with a better booking plan than one of the worst booking decisions ever. I have faith in them, man. Me too. <laughs> uh, then the only thing announced uh, other than all that is a AEW World Championship match, MJF versus Jay White. And uh, I think we're all in agreement and there's no way MJF is losing that belt. Uh, in fact, he will get it back <laughs> from Jay White. Uh, yeah, should be a fun match. Um, yeah, what do you think there? We're, we're all in agreement on that, right? 
yeah, I mean, there's so many more, way more interesting stories for this, like literally right after MJF is done with Jay White. You have Wardlow coming back for revenge. You have Samoa Joe probably going to get a title shot no matter what. Let's say Kenny Omega wraps up this Don Calla stuff. He'll be in there. You got Powerhouse Hobbs, who is interested. And then you have the Devil, who's not much, but could be a fifth interesting one. So you have so many more interesting stories going on right now with MJF that aren't the Bullet Club Gold related. So I'm I'm all for MJF just taking the belt back and being like, yep, done and dusted. Yeah, not fun little program. I think it's uh, it just gets him into the really meaty programs, kind of like a palate cleanser in between uh, real serious things. One thing they pitched earlier this year for, I mean, Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania was him overcoming the odds of the bloodline all by himself and him just being this uber big baby face and going over. Uh, so if they didn't do that with Cody Rhodes, then they should just do that with MJF now where he overcomes all bullet club gold on his own and is able to vanquish them. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, no, MJF is the world champion. I'm, geez, he's already won one handicap match. Uh, plus like, I don't know. Yeah. Bullet club are good, but they're definitely not top level. Uh, I think MJF is kind of the end boss right now. Uh, what's your feeling, Dave? Well, uh, I kind of want to get to the, uh, Burberry elephant in the room, uh, kind of all over the internet today, people were talking about the official all in, uh, poster featured no MJF on it. Uh, and that, you know got rampant speculation a buzz about uh mjf leaving huh. at the end of uh the year i didn't so, even hear that i didn't even see anything about that could be like a work yeah. like ah we'll wait till the end of the year or maybe it's like uh like a cm punk situation in 2011 where he signed his contract on the night uh but yeah that was uh all over the internet today uh People were calling it a big clue about his uh, future destination. Uh, so potentially, whoever is after Jay White could be MJF's final feud. And we could, you know, maybe be a little more certain about uh, whether he drops the belt at World's End or not. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, I don't want him to leave. <laughs> He uh, he literally looks like a main event star, uh, and he wasn't always there. He was close. Uh, clearly, when AEW started, uh, he stood out. He was a mid card kind of guy, uh, hung around with Cody Rhodes, uh, but then elevated and elevated and elevated, and he is a ratings draw, a great champion. He's able to work face or heel. Uh, yeah, I don't want him to leave at all. I hope he already signed and we're all getting worked. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely echo that. Um, I, I I feel like he's he, he kind of embodies the soul of AEW too. He just gets their vibe so well. 
uh yeah no and it's funny thinking about all the stuff he's done in the past uh like the um i remember during when he was with cody there that thing he puts his hand up it, uh, or Cody puts his hand up and MJF wraps the scarf around it. Then Cody punches out the window. There's so many iconic moments. Uh, him singing a duet with Chris Jericho, which I don't know, Chandler, how much you've seen, but that's another rabbit hole you can go down. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know it like made New York Times. So when yeah. it just, like when wrestling's able to break into mainstream media, that's pretty big. So. Yeah, so uh, no, definitely. Uh, I ho- I hope that stays his home for a while longer because yeah, I think he's still got a lot of gas in the tank in that company. I agree with you guys mostly. Now, as someone who watches both shows, I wouldn't mind it if like MGF showed up in the Rumble. That would be cool. Uh, and seeing how they've at least handled Cody Rhodes and Jade Cargill, they're treating them like big main eventers. So you have someone like MJF. I don't think they misuse them i kind of have a little bit more faith in the current wwe management of okay we have this hot star coming from across the way let's treat them right so that when more people look across they might also come across like if they treated cody Rhodes like shit and sent him down to nxt jade cargo would have never signed but because he was treated so well and is still being treated so well after a couple losses like that gives me hope that they treat MJF well, but I think you're right in that he's the heart and soul of AEW. Like, he, I don't think they'd let him do all the shit he does in AEW, and that's part of what makes MJF so good. So, as a WWE fan, I think I would not mind him going over. But as an AEW fan, eh, I think it would AEW would lose a lot. You would have to have someone big step up as much as MJF has been stepping up this year. And I don't know who you do that. Do you fall back on the elite? Do you bump Swerve up to that level? Do you make Christian be that guy? I don't really know. But I'm all for it. And then the like beauty of that is, is like we're in a war right now. So in a sense, I mean, MJF could go over to WWE for like two years, maybe even a year have a nice little run and go, ah, this wasn't for me, and hop back over to AEW. I mean, that's kind of the good thing about having two pretty big brands or TNA having a bit of a resurgence or New Japan doing well. Wrestlers have a bit more freedom to go where they like and kind of shop around. So I, I'm i I'm on the fence. I hate to be a fence-sitter on this. I, I'm fine with both. I want him to go to WWE because I think he'll be treated well, but I think he'll be done better. I think his character will always be better in AEW. So it's hard to see. Yeah. Only time will tell. Uh, Not even that much time. What do we got? Two months. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We kind of a weird episode of dynamite. Uh, we got a lot to look forward to. Uh, our live dynamite, uh, what next week, right? Yeah, on the eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't I'm, worry, I looked it up. They I'm have good. not announced anything, so okay. <laughs> uh, then we've got full gear coming up on the 18th, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, and the, really and looking the prestige forward to show that. on the 12th. It's gonna be a hectic month. Should yeah. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. I'd uh, 
I don't mind uh, filling my free time with wrestling. So uh, kind of a win-win. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Yeah, that'll do it for tonight. And uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, do all the uh, fun liking, subscribing, comment, ring that bell. Yes, sir. Get them notifications stuff. on. Leave a comment. You don't want to miss an upload. Yeah. You can't miss out. Uh, yeah, let us know uh, how we're doing. Uh, if there's anything you'd like to see or uh, anything like that uh, in the comments. Uh, yeah, everything helps. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, having fun here. We're trying to grow. And... Uh, Again, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, yeah, uh, that'll do it. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Peace.